Greetings, greetings, greetings and salutations, one and all. How you doing, how you doing, how you doing? Welcome to the Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stew, Real Talk Night. The sound of David Roda kicking things off. A track called High Mass. Some people know it as Give Praise. A blessed Ash Wednesday to a year. Those who remember that it's Ash Wednesday, those who know that it's Ash Wednesday. I would say a special prayer for those in the Ukraine today because they have a different meaning of Ash Wednesday today, right? Real different. A very real way they, they are recognizing Ash Wednesday. I want to say big ups to those who are locked in on TuneIn Radio. The night shift to DJ Kevin Stew. Big ups to you. Those who are locked in out of New Jersey, NIE Radio, top of, good evening to you. Big ups to those who are locked in on the Foundation Radio Network, ClintonLindsay.com. Blessings to you. Those locked in on PEMGTV.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Big up to those on Clubhouse. How you doing? Those on Facebook Live. What's happening? Inviting you to call a friend, tell a friend, friends of your friends, friends of your enemies, enemies of your friends, and your friend and your enemies too. Because we're not leaving anybody out. I want to say big ups especially to those who are locked in on KevinStew.com, home of the night shift to DJ Kevin Stew, where you're encouraged to have acceptance through enlightenment. So glad to have each and every one of you. I couldn't do it at all to you and you have my word, I wouldn't even try. I want to say thank you to my segment sponsors, Paul C Media Group, and being in the moment is priceless. Give them a call. What can they do for you? Everything you see here on KevinStew.com and more. You have a wedding, a seminar, a funeral, a church service, a party, a graduation, you name it. Any event you want to stream live on a secure platform, be it yours or theirs. Go ahead and get them a call and ask them how they can hook you up. 754-999-1140. Thank you, Pulse Media Group. Big ups to Althea and her healing heavenly hands. 
Al Theatre Licensed Massage Therapist, operating out of Broad County, North Miami Dade, and South Palm Beach counties. Give her a call 9546559000 or email her at theolita at att.net. She comes to you bringing her table, her oils, and over 20 years massage therapy experience. She only has one request outside of paying her is that you get off her table and go sleep somewhere else when she's done. So try to get it somewhere close to like a sofa or a bed. Yeah, let her sit up there. I want to say big ups to Reggae Global Entertainment. Reggae Global will act as your booking agent, handle your tour management. Take care of your trademarks, your business registration, legal service referrals, music production, marketing and promotion, and so much more. Check them out, reggaeglobal.com. Call them up. Send them an email. Find out how they can help you out with your business today. Whether it be the music business or your brick and mortar business. I want to say thank you to McNeil Trucking. With McNeil Trucking, you're in good hands. They are licensed and insured movers. So if you want to move from here and get to there, not too sure about logistics, get them a call. They'll work with you. 954-406-9740. That's 954-406-9740. With McNeil Trucking, you're in good hands. Cool, how you say, you know what I mean? Well, if you know what I mean, then scream. Son of David Rudder, track called High Mass. Like I said at the beginning, it's Ash Wednesday. It's the beginning of Lent. I grew up hearing the question when it comes around to Lent. I still hear it today. What are you giving up for Lent? I gave it some real thought recently and I started wondering, huh? Why do I have to wait until Lent to give up something? Why do I have to wait until Lent to make a change? You can make a change anytime, right? So, I kinda, I kinda wondered, started wondering this whole thing about Lent and giving up something for Lent. Is it only that you have to give up something? Is it... Uh, <laughs> Erica, you, you're giving up nothing for Lent? 
Why? Uh, you gave up all there is to give up already? Let me ask you a different question, though. Are you going to start doing something for Lent? A lot of us focus on the giving up aspect of Lent. And you kind of wonder, where did this come from? I thought about it and I wondered, all right, how long does it take to develop a habit? And really and truly, it takes around about somewhere between 18 and 254 days. <laughs> really? That's, that's what they say now. A lot, a lot of people typically say it takes about three weeks, um, 21 days to develop a habit. So, is it a psychological thing with with new habits? Is it a is it a way that that that, that individuals can break old habits and develop new ones, or is it just that something about sacrificing time? What's 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 the whole thing about Lent anyway? Well, let's start with today. Ash Wednesday. Now, each year, Ash Wednesday marks the beginning of Lent. And according to Christianity.com, Ash Wednesday focuses on the Christian's heart. It, it focuses the Christian's heart on repentance and prayer, usually through personal and communal confession. Now, each year, Ash Wednesday marks the beginning of Lent and it's always four to six days before Easter Sunday. Now, <laughs> you wonder why they talk about 40 days. You're giving up something for 40 days. How, how the math doesn't add up, right? How are you giving up something for 40 days and it's four to six days before Easter Sunday? Well, it is a 40 day season, not counting the Sunday. And it is marked by repentance, fasting, reflection, and ultimately, celebration. The 40-day period represents Christ's time of temptation in the wilderness. Now, this is where he fasted and where Satan tempted him. Lent asks believers to set aside a time each year for similar fasting, marking an intentional season of focus on Christ's life, his ministry, his sacrifice, and ultimately the resurrection. But again, I ask the question, why wait until Lent? If, if, if this is supposed to be a personal walk, then isn't that something that you're doing all year round? Why is it Lent? Why is it at this time? What's the history behind it? I don't know if, if anybody ever really looked into that. And again, you can find anything if you just do a little research, right? So, on... Um, oh, let me give you the number to, to call, text, WhatsApp, Telegram... Um, 
if if you want to participate in tonight's broadcast, it's seven seven three seven eight nine stew and and you are invited to participate. Seven seven three seven eight nine seven eight three nine. You can call, you can text, you can WhatsApp, you can telegram. The number seven seven three seven eight nine seven eight three nine. Right? The lines are open. We only ask that you be respectful. You can also jump into the stew pot. Others call this a chat room. But we aren't kevinstew.com. We're fancy. So we call it the stew pot. This is where we keep things interactive and bubbling. So just go to kevinstew.com. You don't need to register. You don't need to offer a blood sacrifice, give up your firstborn, an internal organ, nothing like that. You just go to kevinstew.com and you're in the chat room. Simple. Easy peasy. You can. You have the option also of remaining anonymous or putting your name so that you know I, I see what you're saying when you put your comments. So, thanks, Erica. The, the history and beginnings of Lent are actually not clear, first of all. And this is according to Christianity.com. According to Britannica.com, Lent has likely been observed since apostolic times, though the practice was not formalized until the First Council of Nicaea in 325 CE. Christian scholars note that Lent became more regularized after the legalization of Christianity in A.D. 313. Saint Irenaeus, uh, Pope Saint Victor I, and Saint uh, Athanasius all seem to have written about Lent during their ministries. Most agree that by the end of the 4th century, the 40-day period of Easter preparation known as Lent existed, and that prayer and fasting constituted its primary spiritual practices. So, the whole thing about what you can and cannot eat during Lent, where did that come from? Now, as far as the exact rules and practices of Lent, and I, some of you might have heard me talk about it before. Uh, looking at rules versus guidelines. When it comes to anything with rules, that means there's punishment versus guidelines and understanding the potential consequences and given the opportunity to adjust. So, with this, there are some rules, right? In the early centuries, fasting rules were strict, as they, are st- they still are in, in some Eastern churches. One meal a day was allowed in the evening, and meat, fish, eggs, and butter were forbidden. Those were the early rules about Ash Wednesday and, well, Lent. The Eastern Church also restricts the use of wine, oil, and dairy products. In the West, these fasting rules have gradually been relaxed. The strict law of fasting among Roman Catholics was dispensed with during World War II, and only Ash Wednesday and Good Friday are now kept as Lenten fast days. Really interesting, right? How over time we have managed to 
bend the rules, to change, to move the posts in the game, change the playing field, and say, all right, we're not really going to do that. Let's do this. And, and that has become everything, right? <laughs> that has become what, what, what most of us know as Lent. So now you have the option of giving up something. Back in the day, you didn't have the option of giving up something. You knew exactly what it was that you were giving up. So I guess the narrative was changed to make it appear that you're making a personal sacrifice, giving something up. But has anyone ever asked the question, which of them is really better for us? Or does it boil down to what the whole walk or Christian walk is? Is it something personal? So... Here now is a question, which is better, giving something up or taking on something new? According to psychology today, Ash Wednesday marks the first day of Lent, a holy season lasting roughly, now important wording, Roughly 40 days. We know now for a fact that it's 46 days and Sundays are not counted. Why exactly aren't Sundays counted? So that, does that mean that during Lent, since Sundays are not counted, you get to free up the rules? I've, I've never wondered about that. Hey Dora, how are you? How, how is the weather down there in Brazil? I've, I've, I've never wondered, anybody else asked that question? Or did anybody else know that it was around, that it was 46 days? Anybody counted? Or just took it for granted that it's 40 days from Ash Wednesday to um, Easter Sunday? <laughs> I wonder. Anyway, while the Christian tradition encompasses all of these wonderful actions many of us have come to equate lent solely with sacrificing many of us sorry have come to, to to associate lent with sacrifice in terms of fasting and forget about the other ways to celebrate it's no surprise then that the day that immediately precedes the start of the season is fat tuesday a celebration day where all self-control goes out the window with people feasting and drinking to their heart's content. So basically, you need to get in all that you can get in before Lent starts so that you can recover from it over the next 40 days. <laughs> That's basically how it works out, right? You, you get in what you can because when Lent starts, you're getting none of it. And it's, it's kind of like Halloween. So, if you look at the, the, the history of Halloween, it's All Hallows Eve. That's, that's how Halloween came to being. It was just a, a, an abbreviation and compressing the, 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 the words, All Hallows Eve. 
Eve. And just like Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, it's the day before All Hallowed Day, which is the Day of the Saints. And it goes back to the time when when um, people it goes back to harvesting and the pagans and 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 you know they're offering the sacrifice to the the spirits and they give to the evil spirits or they tried to scare the evil spirits away depending on the story that you're listening to um on the the night before all hallows day which is used to celebrate the the the, the harvest giving thanks to the the good spirits and the the blessings of the harvest thank you for all that you have done to to make sure that we have a good feast a good harvest a good crop throughout the year so similar similar to that before lent you have before ash wednesday the day before is fat tuesday where everything goes eating drinking merriment you name it so the writer of this article on psychology today Susie says, as a child, I, I too automatically focused on the uh, sacrificial part of the Lenten season. Every year when Ash Wednesday approached, I began thinking about what I'm going to give up this year. For several years in a row, it was the Brady Bunch, one of my favorite shows at the time. And since I watched it every day after school, I was in t- initially, it was initially a tough habit to break. Notice the wording? Habit to break. However, I succeeded in abstaining from the television program and told myself after the third year it was time to try something new that would be a challenge. So when that got started, it was a challenge back then, right? So the following year, it was chocolate. And back then, it was her favorite treat, and today it's still her favorite treat. So she decided to give up chocolate for Lent. It started out okay until the unfortunate chocolate egg incident. And she goes on to say she remembers it as if it was yesterday, rather than four decades ago, since it made an indelible impression on me. And there's always something that leaves a mark, right? So this is Susie's thing that left a mark. One Saturday night, I brought my Cadbury cream egg to bed with me while sleeping over at my friend's house i placed it underneath my pillow before nodding off i i I intended to wake up sometime after midnight to eat the egg since sundays are considered days of joy again asking the question that i asked since since sunday is not included in the 46 days so that you have 40 days of lent um what is okay to do on that day so she was gonna eat the candy egg on sunday um so sundays are considered days of joy when fasting isn't required it seemed like a good idea until i inadvertently rolled over the egg crushing it and smearing the chocolate and the yellow cream filling into the white bed linens oh dear (laughs) oh dear oh dear now that can't be fun um much love to you guys at radio crystal gospel down there in brazil dora 
horrified at the mess I made, I woke my friend and we tried to wash the sheets before her mother woke up. Unfortunately, my friend's mom caught us in the act and wasn't too happy to be awoken at 12.30am by two nine-year-olds hauling chocolate-stained sheets down the hallway. She was incredulous by my explanation. Yeah, it's kind of an incredible story. I still remember her staring at me and fuming. I felt so bad. At least I fessed up it was me, not her daughter, who was responsible for the mess. That's a good thing to do. For a while, I didn't tell anyone what happened that evening, but I continued to think about it. I couldn't understand how my sacrifice produced any good or helped anyone. Instead, it ended up ruining my best friend's sheets, angering her mother and evoking lingering guilt in me that I couldn't quite kick. Anybody else had a similar experience round about Lent? After relaying this story to my mom, sometime after the incident, she confronted me and kindly told me that it wasn't necessary for me to give something up and I could do something good if I'd like. Oh. Something that I had... I, me, personally, didn't hear of when I was growing up. She said the important thing, thing was not to get so caught up in fasting and losing the entire meaning of Lent. Oh, you mean like Christmas? It's not all about gifts? Instead, she told me to remember to be conscious of spreading good and helping others in any way I can. But isn't that something, again, you should be doing all year long anyway? Why wait until a particular season to be doing something? And I, I, I don't want anybody to think that I'm against religion or anything like that. No. I grew up in church. Personally, I'm not religious. Very spiritual. Not religious. The article goes on. She said, I could still give something up if I'd like. I could also choose to help the less fortunate by volunteering or perhaps giving them the money that I save from buying candy. I loved this concept, which immediately resonated with me. A light bulb suddenly went off in my head. She says, during this time, my mom gave me my first Sierra's rice bowl. Rice bowl. A simple cardboard box that is used for collecting Lenten, Lenten alms. The donated money supports the work of CRS in about 45 different countries each year. And since its inception, the CRS Rice Bowl has raised $300 million. Pretty cool, right? Now, this iconic Rice Bowl is a staple on the table of Catholic families across the country during Lent. We had one in our kitchen, on our kitchen table for as long as I can remember. So when our son came home with a rice bowl the other day, I smiled t thinking back to the first one I had and about the enlightening conversation with my mom. Susie goes on, Rather than giving something up like candy and solely collecting money from others, my son immediately told me he was going to donate his own money to the poor. Wise beyond his years. I was delighted to, to see that he could avoid some of the pitfalls that I stumbled upon, like crushing Cadbury, like a crushed Cadbury egg. 
Now, she goes on to say, I want to emphasize in no way are we disparaging giving up for Lent or any other time of the year for that matter. Giving up beloved items and bad habits, of course, is certainly a good way to practice self-control. Oh, so now we're getting somewhere with all of this. It comes back to self-control. You might remember we talked about self-control on this broadcast before also. Giving up things isn't the only way to practice self-control though, is it? Another way to strengthen our self-control is by putting some things, some new things into practice. Doing something good that takes effort, creating a new habit as one of the options to consider. Philosopher William James, considered the grandfather of positive philosophy, used to say to do something difficult every day to practice strengthening our will for when we might need it the most. I'll repeat it. Do something difficult every day to practice strengthening our will for when we might need it the most. Exerting effort and seeking challenges helps build self-control. Self-control is like a muscle. The more we exercise it, the stronger it gets. And like our physical muscles, this, there is more than one way to exercise our mental muscles. So, looking at Lent, starting today, Ash Wednesday, moving forward, the years to come that we may live to see. How about, instead of just giving up something, try putting something positive into practice. Now that way, not only will there be a benefit to ourselves, but it will also make a positive difference in the world. It only starts with the community that you live in. And it spreads to the community, the community, community that you engage in. And that is beyond borders, right? Especially with social media. We're engaging in communities. Our, our social media creates a worldwide community. See, I, I have a friend here in, in all the way in Brazil. And we get to interact real time, like right now. Right, Dora? So, think about it. Today's Ash Wednesday. Well, it's, it's today where I live in the eastern U United States. Where you live, Ash Wednesday may be coming, may be gone. However, this period is known as Lent. If you observe it, if you don't, start today to do something positive. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk some more. This is the Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stew. Real talk. We're asking a question. Lent, is it about endings or beginnings? Hmm. Something to consider. We'll be right back after these messages. Facebook Live, deuces to you. Clubhouse, catch you later. Um, oh, today's Wednesday, right? Right, so... This is it for the night shift week. Remember, those of you in South Florida, call me Neri. It happens at, at, at um, 
Blue Martini down there in Sunrise. <laughs> I was drawing blanks for a moment there. Uh, be there for 8.30. Those, it's, it's about the time when party starts. It's Neri performing live with the Visions band. So you don't want to miss this one. It's Call Me Neri, the live concert edition. Yeah? It's going to be fun. It's going to be so much fun. Looking forward to seeing you guys there. Blue Martini this Sunday, March 6th um, in Sunrise, Florida. East Sunrise, to be specific. It's over there by the Intercoastal. All right. Catch you later. We'll be right back. Quality Media Group, innovative streaming and recording has done it again. A new way to get your business in full view of your neighborhood consumer through AdShare TV. It's available in your neighborhood today. It's easy. Just call us. 754-999-6020. Become a host today and place a TV monitor in a strategic location so it's easy to see. Get a one-minute video ad or longer that plays anywhere in our network. Can't be a host? No problem. For a few dollars, we'll run your 30-second video ad. A host can run announcement specials like buy one get one free or discount ads. Let's turn your flyers into a 30 second video with music or a voiceover or let us create and run your video ad with a spokesperson. Take advantage of our early enrollment discount. Join us today. Your ad will be seen at least 30 times per day in your AdShare TV neighborhood. It's easy. Just call us 754-999-6020. AdShare TV, part of Pulse Media Group. Imagine having our own Caribbean center. Imagine a museum highlighting our history and the contributions of Caribbean people to the world. Imagine being able to visit and learn about the islands we call home. In a place where our kids can see and feel their cultural heritage. You can make this vision come to life. Help us create this first of its kind space that all Caribbean people can be proud of. Your contribution to Island Space Caribbean Museum will help this dream come true. Visit islandspacefl.org slash GoFundMe. Visit islandspacefl.org slash GoFundMe. Visit islandspacefl.org slash GoFundMe and donate today. Today in school, I learned a lot. In chemistry, I learned that no one likes me. In English, I learned that I'm disgusting. And in physics, I learned that I'm a loser. Today in school, I learned that I'm ugly and useless. And in gym, I learned that I'm pathetic and a joke. In history, I learned that I'm trapped. Today in school, I learned that I have no friends. In English, I learned that I make people sick. And at lunch, I learned that I sit on my own because I smell. In chemistry, I learned that no one In biology, I learned that I'm fat and stupid. And in math, I learned that I'm trash. The only thing I didn't learn in school today? The only thing I didn't learn today? The only thing I didn't learn is why no one ever helps. Kids witness bullying every day. They want to help, but they don't know how. 
Teach them how to stop bullying and be more than a bystander at stopbullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. Reggae Global Entertainment presents the brand new self-titled album from Yishka with nine great songs. Oh, baby, let me love you. Be grateful for life. Be grateful for life. Shake you down. What else can I do? Babe, come over. My, my, my. It's our time. You know I love For your love. I'm falling. Yishka, nine great songs, available on all streaming platforms. Available now. Hey, I'm representing for DJ Kevin's Jew, working on the night shift, the night shift radio show. Won't go changing like the weather Just to please the devil never Will DJ Kevin's choose sell his soul? That's a word and honor It's Christine to represent him Word and honor Celestia DJ Kevin's Ooh, 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 ooh. Oh Can be rough, right? I want to say thank you once again to Althea Healing Heavenly Hands for sponsoring this segment of the broadcast. Remember, she comes to you operating out of Broad County, North Miami-Dade and South Palm Beach counties. Just give her a call. I'll send her an email. Set up your appointment today. 954-655-9000. So as as we were at before we went on the break. We're looking at Lent. Is it about endings or is it about beginnings? Which one is it? Numbers to call, numbers to text to get you in touch. 773-789-STEW. 773-789-7839. Thank you, Corick, for the track called Give I Faith. So, if we're looking at habits, how they develop, how we, we make them, how we break them. There's an article on jamesclear.com and it's an excerpt from his book Atomic Habits and it reads your life today is essentially the sum of your habits it sounds logical right it, it, it you know our habits make up what we do how in shape or out of shape one is is a result of habits 
how happy or unhappy you are. Habits. How successful or unsuccessful, again, result of habits. What you repeatedly do, that is, what you spend time thinking about and doing each day, ultimately forms the person you are, the things you believe, and the personality you portray. But what if you want to improve? What if you want to form new habits? How then do you go about doing that? And it turns out there is a framework that can make it easy to stick to new habits so that you can improve your health, your work, your life in general. And according to science, right, there's a a, a way that habits work. The process of building a habit can be divided into basically four simple steps. It's called cue, craving, response, and reward. Four things. And breaking it down into these fundamental parts can really help us to understand what a habit is, how it works, and how to improve it. So even going into Lent, where you're going to be, some people are, are choosing to remove something from their daily life remove basically a habit some people are adding something so they're creating new habits there is a process a four-stage process which includes cue craving response and reward that makes up the basic formation of this habit or breaking of the habit when you really think about it so the four-step pattern is the backbone of every habit and your brain runs through these steps in the same order each time. Kind of mind-blowing, right? So first, there's the cue. The cue triggers your brain to initiate a behavior. It is uh, a bit of information that predicts a reward. Our prehistoric ancestors were paying attention to the cues that signal the location of primary rewards like food, water, and sex. The basics of life, right? Today, we, <laughs> we spend most of our time learning cues that predict secondary rewards like money and fame, power and status, praise and approval, love and friendship, or sense of personal satisfaction. And of course, these pursuits also indirectly improve our odds of survival and reproduction, which in the deeper mode is a deeper motive behind everything we do. Now, the mind is continuously analyzing internal and external environment for hints of where rewards are located. It's a thing we do. We're... I remember hearing this a long time ago, that we're pleasure junkies. And it's true. We look, always look for rewards because rewards give us pleasure. So we are pleasure junkies because the cue is the first indication that we're close to a reward. It naturally leads to a craving. You see how these things are, are lining up? So you got the cue. You, you, now you have the, the basically the intent. And... 
with the intent comes a desire, the craving. So the cravings are the second step of the habit loop. And they are the motivational force behind every habit. Without some level of motivation or desire, without craving a change, we have no reason to act. What you crave is not the habit itself, but the change in the in state it delivers. It's about the change. And funny enough, a lot of people don't like change. But yet still we have these cravings as a result of a cue that lead to a change. Anyway, you do not crave smoking a cigarette. You crave the feeling of relief it provides. You're not motivated by brushing your teeth, but rather by the feeling of a clean mouth and not getting gum disease and good breath, which is not always as a result of dirty teeth. But anyway, you do not want, you do not want to turn on the television. You want to be entertained. So you turn on the television. Every craving is linked to a desire to change your internal state. And this is an important point that as we go along, we're going to look at some more. Cravings differ from person to person. In theory, any piece of information could trigger a craving. But in practice, people are not motivated by the same cues. For a gambler, the sound of slot machines can be a potent trigger that sparks an intense wave of desire. For someone who rarely gambles, the jingles and chimes of the casino are just background noise. Cues are meaningless until they are interpreted. The thoughts, feelings and emotions of the observer are what transform a cue into a craving. The third step is the response. Now, the response is the actual habit you perform, which can take the form of a thought or an action. Whether a response occurs depends on how motivated you are and how much friction is associated with the behavior. If a particular action requires more physical or mental effort than you are willing to expend, then what will happen? You won't do it. Your response also depends on your ability. Sounds simple enough, right? But habits can occur only if you are capable of doing them. If you, want, uh, if you want to dunk a basketball, but you cannot jump high enough to reach the hoop, well, you won't be a habitual dunker now, will you? Then you have what wraps up this loop what completes the cycle is the response delivering a reward. So it is the reward, the, 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 the goal, the light at the end of the tunnel, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Rewards are the end goal of every habit. The cue is about noticing the reward. The craving is about wanting the reward. And the response that's about obtaining the reward. We chase rewards because they serve two purposes. One, they satisfy us. And two, they teach us. 
the first the first purpose of rewards is to satisfy the craving rewards provide benefits of their own food and water deliver the energy that we need to survive that's a reward getting a promotion brings money it brings respect the reward getting in shape improves our health and dating prospects mm think about that reward but the more immediate benefit that rewards satisfy um the most well it's that it, it satisfies your your craving to eat or gain status or to win approval that's the that's the immediate benefit and at least for a moment rewards develop, del deliver contentment and relief from craving now secondly it's interesting too that to note that when that craving is satisfied it doesn't just stop right there secondly rewards teach us which actions are worth remembering in the future so the brain is a reward detector as you go about life your sensory nervous system is continuously monitoring which actions satisfy your desires and deliver pleasure and again you know there's a thin line between pleasure and pain and sometimes you have to feel the pain to get the pleasure but anyway feelings of pleasure and disappointment are part of the feedback mechanism that helps your brain distinguish useful actions from useless ones rewards close the feedback loop and complete the habit cycle if a behavior is insufficient in any of the four stages it will not become a habit eliminate the cue your habit will not start reduce the craving you won't experience the motivation to act make the behavior difficult and you won't be able to do it and if the reward fails to satisfy your desire then you'll have no reason to do it again in the future without first attaining the initial three steps then the behavior will not happen without all four a behavior will not be repeated so you then won't have that um craving that loop it won't be there and so we have what is called a habit loop and i'm going to i'm going to show you what this habit loop looks like um here we go there it's the habit loop you have the cue then the craving the response then the reward seems simple enough right that's the four stages of the habit loop best described as a feedback loop it's an endless cycle that is running every moment that we're alive and it's continuously scanning the environment predicting what will happen next trying to figure out different responses learning from the results 
the habit loop. So basically then, what we have going on here is the cue triggers a craving, which motivates a response, which provides a reward, which satisfies the craving and ultimately becomes associated with the cue. And this forms a neurological feedback loop. Cue, craving, response, reward. Rinse, repeat. This is how one develops automatic habits. Now, this can also be split into four phases. Um, well, actually into two phases. The, 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 the four steps can be split into two phases. Problem phase and the solution phase. And when we come back from the break, we're going to look into these two phases as we continue looking at um, James Clear's excerpt from his book and as we continue to look at, at, at Lent and examine whether it's about endings or beginnings do we end an, an old habit during Lent because we're giving it up um, as a sacrifice or do we start a new habit because it's something that is beneficial to us and the community at large. Which is it? Well, <laughs> only the individual going through it can decide. But when we come back, like I said, the stages of developing a habit is what we're looking at. We'll be right back. Call your friends, tell your friends, friends of your friends, friends of your enemies, enemies of your friends, and your enemies too. It's real talk right here on The Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stew. We'll be right back. Matthew 28, 19 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. With this in mind and encouragement received during a South Florida media conference, The Church Links was birthed. The Church Links is an interdenominational worship service portal for churches, providing the tools to spread the word through technology in a cost-effective way. The Church Links www.dahchurchlinx.com Your links to worship and praise. Making great music is one thing, sharing it with the world, that's another. Let the professionals at Reggae Global Entertainment help you to another level. Specializing in artist management, booking, public relations and marketing, and promotion. Reggae Global Entertainment can help you with event planning, websites, photography, and video production, press releases, legal services, and graphic design. They can even help you with music production so you can get the sound that you want every time. Call Reggae Global Entertainment at 954-804-8199. That's 804-8199. Or visit them online at reggaeglobalentertainment.com. Teddy Greaves Jr. with six brand new songs out now on his brand new EP, Teddy Greaves Jr. with songs you know and love like Can You Stop the Rain? One Last Cry. Can't get over you. 
wait too long. You and I. You and I. And one last cry, the acoustic version. Teddy Greaves Jr. Now available on all major digital platforms. Teddy Greaves Jr. When being in the moment is priceless, consider the ability to share that moment. If you can video it, you can broadcast it. And Pulse eMedia Group has the tools you need. Weddings, birthdays, funerals, graduations, church services, parties, seminars, you name it. Pulse eMedia Group can provide you with a secure medium controlled by you to broadcast your event. Contact us at www.pulseemediagroup.com for more information. Pulse Emedia Group, when being in the moment is priceless. Yes, yes, yes. A Carmantino, I'm making notes right now. You are locked in to DJ Kevin Stew on the night shift. The sound of Tasha Marie. A track called From Now On, her very first single. Live a world of flows within. I won't worry. The more I be, it never. Welcome back to Real Talk on the Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stew. Once again, you can participate in this broadcast by jumping into the stew pot on kevinstew.com or you can call, text, WhatsApp, Telegram 773-789-7839. That's 773-789-7839. Easy way to remember it. 773-789-STEW. Real simple. Thank you, Tasha Marie. I really like this song. From now on, I'm gonna win. But what are you going to do in order to win? So winning ends up being the reward, right? Well, actually, winning ends up being the thing that causes that reward that makes you feel good. It's the reward that makes you feel good, right? And so the desire to win now enables you to... Well, okay. Let me, let me do this differently. So the cue is wanting to win. The craving is how about is going about winning, right? So you have the thought, then you process the thought because now you want it. Then you put into action what you're going to do to win. And when you win, that is as a result of putting in the, the, the action and you like how it feels, so you want it to happen again. Cycle. Q. Let me, let me put it back up on the, on the screen for you. You have Q, craving, response, and reward. Now, interesting thing about this loop here, this reward loop, is that it can be split into two phases. You have the problem phase and you have the solution phase. 
And the problem phase includes the cue and the craving. That's the top half of, of this habit loop. And it is when you realize that something needs to change. So that's the problem. The recognition that something needs to change. Then you have the solution phase, which includes the response and the reward. And it is when you take action and achieve the change that you desire. Simple enough, right? Now, all behavior is driven by the desire to solve a problem. Sometimes the problem is that you notice something good and you want to obtain it. And sometimes the problem is that you're experiencing pain and you want to relieve it. Either way, the response, the, the, the purpose of every habit is to solve the problem that, you, that you, you're facing. So we get to look at a few examples of, of what that could look like in real life, right? The problem phase, which includes the cue and the craving. So the cue is your phone buzzes. You receive a new text. You get, so you get a notification that you receive a new text. The craving is that you want to know what the message says, this text message. The response is that you grab your phone and you read the text. The reward you satisfy your craving to read the message. Grabbing your phone becomes associated with your phone buzzing. Another is you're answering emails. You feel the need. You, you begin to feel stressed and overwhelmed by work. And you want to feel in, in control. Right? So that's, that's a craving. Which now leads to the response you start biting your nails what's the reward you satisfy your craving to reduce stress by biting your nails and it becomes associated with answering the email Q you wake up craving you want to feel alert what is the response you drink a cup of coffee the reward well, now that you've had your coffee, you satisfy the craving to feel alert and the drinking of the coffee is associated with waking up. You see, you see how that works? So this four-step process is not something that happens occasionally. It is an endless feedback loop that is running and active during every moment that we're alive. Even right now, as you're listening to this broadcast, whether it is that you're listening live, and again, big ups to my affiliates, the Foundation Radio Network, ClintonLindsay.com, NIE Radio, uh, PEMG TV, um, those on Zeno. I, I didn't. I failed to mention them earlier. Much love to you guys on Zeno FM. Or you could be listening by way of the recording, the podcast, which is available on all platforms that you, you listen to your podcast or on by way of the YouTube. You could be going to kevinstew.com and, and catching this by way of the website where everything is. You know, 
you are going through these four phases. Cue, craving, response, reward. The brain is continually scanning the environment, predicting what will happen next, trying out different responses, learning from the results. The entire process is completed in a split second. You don't even know that it's happening. It, boom, it just happened. And we use it again and again without realizing everything that has been packed into the previous moment until you sit down and you dissect each and everything that has happened you don't really realize it so imagine walking into a dark room you flip the light switch you have performed the simple habit so many times that it occurs without thinking you proceed through all four stages in a fraction of a second the urge to act strikes you without thinking. So let's go through the phases, the problem phase and the solution phase. The problem phase, which includes a cue and a craving. You walk into the dark room. The craving, you want to be able to see. Solution phase, you flip the light switch. That's a response. And the reward, you satisfy your craving to see. Turning on the light switch becomes associated with being in a dark room. So... All four phases. Did you notice that it happened? No. Because it has become a part of your habit. You've been doing it from you ever since you could reach the light switch. By the time we become adults, we rarely notice the habits that are running our lives. Most of us never give a second thought to the fact that we, are, we tie the same shoe first each morning. Or unplug the toaster after each use or always change into comfortable clothes after getting home from work. After decades of mental programming, we automatically slip into these patterns of thinking and acting. It becomes nature. So you can debate whether it's nature or nurture all you want. Um, <laughs> this is what we do. We, we go through these stages. So with being armed with this information, where do we go? Where does it take us? We can transform these four steps into practical frame, into a practical framework that we can use to design good habits and eliminate bad habits. James refers to this framework as the four laws of behavior change. And it provides a simple set of rules for creating good habits and breaking bad ones. And I, I, I wouldn't even agree with him calling them rules. I would say guidelines. So it provides a simple set of guidelines for creating good habits and breaking bad ones. Yeah, I, that, that feels better to me. I don't know about you. You can think of each law as a lever that influences human behavior. When the levers are in the right positions, creating good habits is effortless. When they're in the wrong positions, it's nearly impossible. So here's how you create a good habit. The cue becomes the first law. 
And we, I guess we like using terminologies like laws and rules because it puts things into perspective. It lets you become more aware. It, 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 it turns on that switch that says, pay attention to this. So, Q being the first law. How, you, how do you create good habits? You make it obvious. So that's a Q, first law. Second law is a craving. You make it attractive. Why, you know, this would really look good on me. All I need to do is lose a couple pounds. All I need to do is this. So now it becomes attractive. Third law, which is your response, is make it easy. So things being easy or hard now depends on our mindset and how much we desire it, right? If, and how much practice we put into play. The more we practice it, the easier it gets. So that's the third law to response. Make it easy. The fourth law is the reward. Make it satisfying. And that's how you develop a good habit. Now, these same laws can be used to break bad habits. All you're doing is inverting them. So... The cue, the first law, that the thing that was made obvious, well, let's ignore it. Let's make it invisible. That thing that we made attractive as a second law, the craving, let's make that unattractive. The third law, which is the response, where that thing was made easy, that, that attractive thing was made to look easy, let's now make that difficult. And that satisfying portion, the reward, the fourth law, let's make that unsatisfying. Whenever you want to change your behavior, you can simply ask yourself the four questions. How can I make it obvious? How can I make it attractive? How can I make it easy? And how can I make it satisfying? Four questions. Cue, craving, response, and reward. The four laws. It would be irresponsible of James to say that he's going to claim these four laws. James Clear. Um, it would be irresponsible if he were to say that, you know, He's going to claim them as an exhaustive framework for changing any human behavior. But they're pretty close. They're pretty close. If you ever wondered, why don't I do what I say I'm going to do? Why don't I lose the weight or stop smoking or save for retirement or start that side business? Why do I say something is important but never seem to make time for it? Well, the answers can be found somewhere in those four laws. The key to creating good habits and breaking bad ones is to understand the four laws, these four fundamental points, and how to alter them to your specifications. 
don't use my four to guide your life. Use your four to guide your life. Every goal is doomed to fail if it goes against the grain of human nature. Everyone, think about it. So, it is not in your nature to get up every morning and run five miles. So, is it going to happen? What if, now, you make that into something attractive? Because if you can run these five miles and you can do it quickly, then you can win this race, whatever race it is. Be recognized and rewarded for it. So, you develop certain habits that make you get to the point where you get up every morning and can run five miles. When you go into the, into the military, you go through basic training. You go through a set, a repetitive set of actions. It becomes a habit. So now you start waking up at a certain time each morning. You start making your bed and putting away your stuff a certain way every day. You start leaving your, your, your barracks dressed in a certain fashion, armed, and, you know, you, you do certain things that become your new habit. And at times, the reward of doing those things is not being given additional duties, not being made to do additional exercises, not being the focus of everyone's attention because you're quartermaster your drill sergeant is shouting at you whatever it is every goal is doomed to fail if it goes against the grain of human nature so what do we do recognize the the, the habit loop Recognize the cue, the craving, the response, and the reward. You can even be intentional about it. If, 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 if listening to this broadcast is what you want to do because you realize, boy, you know, still bring some really good topics, then you, there's your cue, there's your craving because you want to hear the topics. You respond to it by probably setting an alarm or liking or following one of the podcasts, subscribing to the YouTube channel, whatever it is. Because the reward is that you get to hear whatever is presented. And it may sound simple enough. It may sound, you know, eh, it ain't all that. But you're doing it every day anyway. So why not be intentional about it? If your desire is to stand out in a crowd, and that crowd could just be two people, that crowd could just be in your head. If your desire is to attain something, whatever it is, if your desire is to stop doing something, whatever it is, recognize it and be intentional about it. And that way, within your own little circle, 
And your circle could be as small as your living room or your bedroom and it could be as big as the world. You will shine once you step out and do these things and make it your good habit. You'll shine. Because, again, it's how you feel about it at the end of the day. Let your light shine for all to see. I want to say thank you to Reggae Global Entertainment for sponsoring this previous segment. As we kick off musical therapy, for the world to see. this is a sound of Notice, which features Siobhan, Rolando, Neri, Mountain, Tasha T. Give thanks to life and live it with no regret because No, not Tasha T. Tammy T. Go chase down your dreams and Sherita. The track is called Shine. Stand up wise and put on your boot. Jal light is shining and it's shining through you. Bill Kirk says they can't hold I down. But through it all, we're reminded. Hear me now, now. To turn up the music. Hear me get up a fear, news me a hear. I try to scare we and put the whole away in a fear. Earth, you are like we don't have the zone of Neri. Remember, you can catch Neri on Sunday. Find food for the youth, them. March 6th. Inside Blue Martini down in Sunrise. No matter Intercoast, Sunrise East. No matter Intercoastal. Backed by the Visions Band. There he says, listen, turn down the radio, turn up the music. I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for tuning in. Thank you for locking on, locking in, logging on, sharing, and caring. Hey, cuz, how you doing? Remember to look out for the most of your community. Remember, your community is not just the development that you live in, but it spreads far and wide. Those that you pass on the bus, on the plane, the boat, or the train, whether you walk, ride, or drive, these are members of your community. Do something good for one of them today because you never know who's going to do something good for you tomorrow. My name is DJ Kevin Stewart, so I like to do it to you, for you, and with you every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, 10 p.m. Eastern. Big ups to my affiliates for tonight. NIE Radio out of New Jersey Foundation Radio Network ClintonLindsay.com out of Florida Zeno FM Much love to you Blessings PEMGTV.com Thank you Good morning, good afternoon, good day to you Wherever you are in the world From right here in South Florida I say listen Turn off the radio, turn up the music. Thank you, Neri. Mary Neri, as Smiley Wiley calls him. Take care until we meet again. Catch you Saturday, the Saturday stew at 8 p.m. on Reggae Global Radio. Good morning, good afternoon, good day. From right here until further, good night. Greetings and salutations, one and all. You're invited to tune in to the night shift with DJ Kevin Stew. It airs on Mondays with Community and Finance, Tuesdays with Healthy Love, and Wednesdays with Real Talk. 
from 10 p.m. to midnight Eastern Time. Come spend some time interacting in the stew pot where we keep things bubbling and wind down in musical therapy. The Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stew is on kevinstew.com where you're encouraged to have acceptance through enlightenment. <laughs>